Welcome back into the eSports College Quick Take right here on the eSports Network. We talk about all the collegiate scenes and news happening around of course, the collegiate scene of esports, which is always fun. It's a growing scene. It's a growing industry, growing space people like to get involved in. Here to help me explain what's going on specifically in his little corner of the world of collegiate esports. Let's welcome in Mark Deppy of, of course, UCI Esports Director. Right there. How you doing, Mark? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I mean, it's a pleasure having you on one of the the, the most I would say one of the most prestigious uh, you know programs out there in the country, one of the first ones to kind of trailblaze the scene. And so I think I think it's an honor to have you on, an honor and a privilege, I'd say. Well, cool. Yeah, it's been a fun journey over the years, and I can't believe we're about to celebrate our fifth year anniversary this fall. So just wrapped up five years of college esports. Wow. And so uh, insane to me. Of course, in case you don't know, for whatever reason, you're living under a rock and, and this hasn't this is news to you. UCI, first public university to create an official esports program. Uh, one of the best and most comprehensive in the world so far, as far as I as far as I can tell. I've been I've done my research. I can't tell anybody else comes you know, marginally close. People have tried and, you know, they'll, they'll continue to try for the next decade or so. But specifically, let's get into Mark's background. You're, you're, you, uh, let's see, you've advised student, go- uh, student government. You've coordinated some of UCI's largest and most successful events. You have a BS in psychobiology, which I don't even know what that means from UCLA, an MBA from Cal State Fullerton College of Business and Economics. And so you have a hefty background right there. And so, I mean, thank you for, t- for taking time out of your busy day with, the, with this hefty resume to come on the show and talk to us about UCI esports. No, uh, it's it's an honor, and yeah, all those little pieces of my background certainly did contribute to uh, uh, the success of our program and our ability and to to get the confidence of campus leadership to to build what we've built. So let, let's let's dive into the first question because really I, I'm excited to talk to you. I know you are. You just want to talk your head off. It's more than welcome to. This is your stage. You talk as much as you'd like to. So tell me, what is the state of UCI esports right now? You just wrapped up your fifth year, I believe it was, or fourth year competing and, and really uh, you know being formed. How's it going so far? It's good. So we, we started in the fall of 2016. So this fall uh, will be five full years. So we just finished our fifth school year. Uh, this is our fifth summer we're going into, and then we're going to start year six uh, this fall. Um, things are things are excellent. Um, I will say it's been rough with the pandemic. Uh, it's certainly impacted our finances, and uh, it's always interesting to try to fund a program. We, we pitched our program as a cost-neutral uh, business to the university, and since COVID hit, we have not been cost-neutral, so we've been scaling back a little bit. But uh, I'll share this here for the first time. Yeah. Um, uh, we had some meeting with campus leadership this this morning, and there there's going to be some support on the way. Uh, UCI senior leaders really want UCI to stay a premier esports school and uh, are going to help us kind of sustain and uh, I would say accelerate into next school year. So I'm really optimistic about our future. Uh, it was a little it's been rough the last year and a half or a year and uh, three months, just given all the challenges. But um, I will say we have a bright future ahead because uh, campus leaders and our campus really want to support us. That's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear that school support, I think, is, is you know, next to student support, one of the, the biggest reasons for an esports program to succeed or, or fail. And clearly, your school, your senior leadership is there kind of taking charge and, and wanting it to be a, a destination for collegiate esports, which I love. And so in terms of, uh, of student support, let's say, have the students kind of even, you know, despite the COVID restrictions and everything, have they still kind of maintained support of the program? Are they still flocking towards at least, you know, the virtual spaces you guys have created? 
Um, you know, I think our our just general UCI student community has been really tough to engage with students, I will say. I think that's a that's a pretty common theme you hear around the country when you talk to folks in higher ed or even like K through 12 yep. is just tougher. Uh, and people are tired of Zoom and online lectures and just doing everything online. So I think it's been harder. Uh, I will say our staff and our athletes um, have really been resilient. Um, we've competed. We've practiced. Um, we have a great batch of interns who have been really functional uh, over over the virtual world. And so, um, yeah, I think the community is still engaged. Uh, we saw some really strong clubs, but I think everybody's very eager to get back on campus and have that real college experience once again. Trust me, somebody who's married to a, a third grade or fourth grade teacher right now, she she did not have a fun school year on Zoom. Let me tell you that it was it was a tough school year for for fourth graders uh, out here in my neck of the woods. But for the most part, it, it, I think everybody's tired of this kind of isolation of Zoom, you know, non face to face contact. And so I'm glad to hear that. Uh, I mean, just everybody's kind of moving forward in the fall with this in person learning coming up soon. And so I, I'm I have to ask. Um, I know the, the pandemic kind of affected things differently. I mean, how did you guys, did you guys do anything differently in terms of recruitment or, or you know, aimed at high schools or recruitment just in general? Or is it more of a just, we let recruits kind of come to us because we, we can't really, you know, help them out uh, any other way besides maybe just a flock of, you know, applications coming through. We just kind of have to let them flock to us. You know, um, it, I, I was every year's felt very different for our program. When we first started, we just had a League of Legends team. Uh, we had a really successful Overwatch Club team, and so when we recruited that first batch of League players, and we had just an embarrassing amount of Overwatch talent, we didn't have to recruit for a few years. Uh, and so, uh, as we're wrapping our fifth year, every one of our original students is now gone, and so um, it's certainly felt way different uh going from we're just sitting on an embarrassing wealth of former professional players uh who are also wonderful students to we need to be more active and proactive about this and you have to factor in uh there's a lot more schools doing this the competition is much higher and i will say i'm, I'm really uh, excited for the future of collegiate because i think uh a year or two or three ago uh just a few schools kind of had all the talent mm -hmm. and i think uh, it's much more balanced. And I think you're not going to see uh, one or two dominant teams just crush everybody permanently. I think you're going to see other schools do a much better job. Those tier two, tier three schools um, are much more competitive with the UCIs and Maryvilles than they were a few years ago. And so I think it's a really healthy thing. Uh, and it definitely means we have to elevate our recruiting game. And so yeah, our coaches are very active in the scene and they might be working with high school kids. They might be paying attention to tournaments. Um, when a former academy or, or semi-pro player reaches out, we're certainly engaging with them. Um, but yeah, like I said, recruiting's felt different every year and it's a higher priority now than it was in the, the last few years. But I think we're also doing a really wonderful job and our coaches are, are really crushing it on the recruiting trail. You know, I, I'm, I'm curious because you just brought up, you know, you, you started the program five or five years ago, almost six years going into the fall this year. When you, that first batch of students kind of graduates or moves away or wherever, they, they move on to the next step in, in their collegiate or, or adult life. Do you feel like a little sad, a little tinge of sadness when these guys move away or, of course, or girls as well? You know, uh, yeah, we, we had a couple graduate after two or three years. And then uh, uh, by now, every single one of our initial recruits has graduated. None of them left. None of them fell out of the uh, academic system. All of them have degrees now. Uh, very proud about that. Yeah, I think there's some sadness. Like, uh, 
that we're going to certainly just miss them. Uh, we have watched them grow so tremendously uh, over the years. You take in these unrefined superstar athletes uh, and they kind of have to struggle with a lot of things, whether it's living with roommates, living away from home, uh, dealing with peers, team conflict, mental health, grades, uh, personal finances, relationship. They have go through all this the struggle and then they come out these just wonderful humans that are just more ready for the world than they were when they started so uh, i would say overall it's a, a sense of pride is our number one feeling is like we're really thrilled for them uh this is what universities are supposed to do is taking young people provide them some learning and perspective and opportunities and send them out into the world and so that's happened um uh, but yeah, like I said, I, I, I think it's going to be hard for us to replicate just the embarrassing wealth of talent that that found its way onto our campus our first year when there was no one else on the West Coast doing this. And there was only a handful of schools and UCI was by far uh, the most prestigious among them. And so, um, yeah, it's getting harder, but uh, uh, really proud of all our students. And like I said, it's really fun to recruit new ones and know that they're going to go through that same process. Awesome. And so obviously you guys competed this past year, a little bit different uh, kind of atmosphere for you guys, mostly virtual, mostly online, but you still competed well, I thought, uh, in terms of uh, your co- your competitive um achievements i mean how how did you set performance year for people who don't know i mean what what can we look forward to coming into the fall this uh, this upcoming 2021 you know it was a mixed bag for us this year uh league of legends has been kind of our uh we've been dominant in league over the years and we had an off year this year for sure um one i'd say the biggest factor was um because of the pandemic because of budget challenges because of university policy shifting um we weren't able to kind of extend the contract of our coach until into the season oh, wow. so we ended up doing tryouts late and we didn't get really going until uh, uh january when the season started and so we had some i'd say bumps in the road with our team and our there's some conflict and just trying to get our team dynamic figured out and we didn't do that fast enough and so uh, i would i definitely attribute that to covid related uh just logistical challenges and so um, our team did not win the west region for the first time in many years uh, and didn't make the playoffs. So we were pretty sad about that. And then again, that's despite having super elite talent. So we, we underperformed our talent with League of Legends this year, but our team was highly competitive in scrims. We could match up with anybody. Um, but like I said, uh, when it came to official matches in the West region, we, we lost a couple matches, which knocked us out. Uh, Overwatch, um, different story. Uh, our team uh, had been together uh, for pretty much a full year before that, we had to rebuild our roster two years ago completely. Uh, this year is just a couple of tweaks, a, cu- a couple of key additions. Um, our coaching staff was very consistent and our team was firmly like number five in the country. We would never lose to anybody else below us in like uh, <laughs> the rankings and we could not beat kind of the top four teams. Um, we ended up finishing the national semifinals. So top four, uh, we lost to the eventual champions in Maryville in the national semifinals. Uh, so really proud of that team. Uh, again, insane talent, wonderful coaching staff, and uh, they have just this wonderful team culture. They just got together for some KBBQ the other day because they hadn't seen each other all year. And so they, they're all vaccinated and decided to get together. So um, that's going to be a really strong team uh, coming back. Uh, we're losing one really uh, awesome team member who is kind of the heart and soul and and kind of energy of the team, but we're bringing in uh, four new, absolutely uh, insane players uh, for this coming year, or three to four of them. Um, so they'll be very strong in League of Legends. Um, 
we're losing Young Bin, uh, one of our initial recruits, former LCS player, mm-hmm. helped us win a national champion, uh, by far the best, in my opinion, AD carry and collegiate. So we're losing him uh, and having to replace him and uh, uh, kind of upgrade some talent other places. But uh, uh, League of Legends should be in a very strong position this year. And uh, coaching staff should be consistent. And most of our uh, other starters are pretty, uh, pretty much sticking around. So very confident in them. But again, uh, we're a little disappointed with this last year. So there's a chip on our shoulder, a little bit of nervousness and hesitancy heading into it. But I think uh, if we get a good start uh, in fall, get ahead of the game, I think uh, we'll be a dominant force on the West Coast this year. That's awesome to hear. I mean, you guys already, I mean, like I see, you have a bevy of accomplishments behind you and this year might have been a down year for League of Legends, but obviously Overwatch still top four. Not a bad, uh, not a bad uh, year for, for UCI, I would say. Uh, I, I, I got to ask, you know, just when these teams kind of go home back, you know, after the school year's over, they go home, they chill out for the summer or, you know, they take summer classes, wherever they do. Uh, how do they prepare and practice in the off season? If they do it all, is that just kind of a, uh, you guys decide on your own, if you want to practice in the off season, or as soon as you get back, you'll we'll, we'll ramp up practices and we'll get going. It's a good question. Uh, I'll just mention again. I'd say every year is very different. We're, we're learning so much every year. There's different things that are happening every year. Uh, but Every year we try to give people an official off season. So in May, once this collegiate season's end, we say, uh, you're on your own. We'd love for you to keep playing the game, keep practicing. I do not believe elite competitors take a lot of time off. You can take a little bit, but you shouldn't like take the whole summer off in my opinion. Um, but we, we give people that space and that freedom to do what they like. Um, tryouts for UCI teams will be uh, in the fall, probably October. Um, but we do have our teams both competing right now. They are practicing and scrimming. It's kind of optional stuff. Um, semi-pro amateur stuff. We're in a cheese it tournament for uh, Overwatch. We can lit. We might win a, a year supply worth of cheese it, which would be hilarious, <laughs> uh, as well as some scholarship prizing. Um, but both teams, like I said, they they want to. Our, our athletes want to get better. Uh, they know that we kind of missed some opportunity last year because of uh, some challenges getting our coaching staff hired. But um, uh, I expect most players to play over the summer. Some will take some space and, and re- refresh, rewind. Um, that creates some, some opportunity for some of our incoming recruits to get some time. But uh, overall, it's, uh, it's optional, and that's kind of how we're approaching it this year and probably will for the future. Nice. And so, I mean, I'm just curious, what, what do you do during the summer? I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure the uh, director of esports for UCI doesn't take a break when the students do. I'm sure you have a pretty hefty play going on throughout the offseason as well, right? Yeah, people think, uh, yeah, whenever students are off, that staff or faculty are off. No, there's a lot of work to be done. Uh, when students aren't here, we're always preparing for students. Um, so next week, we're running our, our virtual summer camps. So we do, we've historically done summer camps every year that we've existed. Uh, so we're doing a little bit for league and Overwatch uh, athletes this year. So you can play with our coaches, play with our athletes and get to know them a little bit, get a feel for collegiate esports. So doing that, and then I think it's building for the fall. It's prepping our arena to reopen, getting equipment and software updated. Um, we're always recruiting, always building. Um, as I mentioned, the the campus is interested in kind of helping us accelerate into the year after I would say we've kind of scaled back a little bit in the last year. So we're trying to figure out what that looks like. Um, and then uh, one of our marquee events also is in fall. So we have uh, our fall esports conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an academic peer-reviewed uh, esports content uh, conference. So there's academic work, there's collegiate and uh, kind of scholastic leaders that kind of present what they've learned and share knowledge. And so that's in October. And then I mentioned our five-year anniversary. So uh, the arena should be opening this September when students come back in person, uh, expect events to be able to happen. So 
hoping to kind of kick off the arena again with a bang and welcome students back to our space. So a lot of preparation going for that um, and just prepping for, for next year. Awesome. And just in case people don't know, UC requiring all students, faculty and staff to be vaccinated by the fall. I'm, I'm sure for you, that's a, that's a great news as you get to open up that arena soon and you get to have that in-person anniversary coming up soon. So what was your reaction? You heard like, oh, we're gonna, we all have to be vaccinated. Awesome. That means we get to be back in person. We get to have, you know, land events and all that good stuff, right? Yeah, I think, uh, well, I'll, I'll say, I think the policy is official policy is going to be all students have to be vaccinated uh staff and faculty it's harder to force them to do it um uh, all my staff are vaccinated i'm happily vaccinated um very thankful students will be and i think once the vaccine is kind of uh officially fda approved not not emergency authorization mm -hmm. i think it will be eventually uh, officially required but i would say colleges have a lot of vaccine requirements so it makes a ton of sense uh you have to have vaccinations versus lots of things uh, so given that this pandemic shut us down for so long and that honestly, staff and faculty are pretty sedentary. We live in Irvine or Orange County. Students come in from all over the world. And so I think it's really important that uh, when they are a coming to UCI with all their uh, germs and, and DNA that they bring, it's important that uh, they don't they don't add to anything crazy. And again, when they go back home to their communities around the world, um, that they're not bringing anything back and making their, their family members unsafe. So yes, I think uh, a vaccine strategy is certainly important and without a uh, robust vaccination, uh, campus will not look uh, much like we want it to um, some sort of new normal without, without uh, wide vaccine acceptance. But I would expect 80 to 90% of staff and faculty to do it pretty easily. Um, we're a science-based institution. So a lot of people believe in the data and the science that they're seeing. Um, and then I think, like I said, 100% of students will, unless they have some really extreme kind of medical exemption. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, just, you know, college students, dirtiest people I've ever met in my life. <laughs> I've seen dorms more disgusting, that, yeah. more disgusting than anything. So that's a great call on that part. But uh, let's talk. Uh, I mean, would you, Lassa, do you have any, any real idea on when that esports arena will open back up for you guys? Uh, I, I think... I think the campus is slowly going to start reopening in July. Um, that's when my staff and I will start going back and setting up and prepping for fall. I think there's still some guidance to come out about capacity and cleaning and other things. So we're going to try to not make too many firm plans until those processes work themselves out. So I would expect welcome week. So last week, September uh, to be our kind of first reopening. And then Friday, September 24th, um, we're going to celebrate our fifth year anniversary and that's, that's during welcome week. So the first week students are back and, uh, September 23rd, 2016 was our, our kickoff and grand opening. So it'll be five years in a day since we, uh, first opened that we'll be reopening to the public. That's awesome. Five years in a day. feels like ancient history, right? I, I just want to ask, talk about that experience of helping kick off one of the first esports programs in the country. How insane was that? You know, it, it kind of felt like, well, it started as like a whispered idea because it was so like radical to think that a prestigious publicly public research university would tolerate this idea of giving scholarships to kids to play video games. And it's still a little radical. There's still some critique, a lot of critique on campus, uh, a lot of campuses, actually. Um, and so, yeah, it, it started as this idea that, that you kind of had to kind of foster and nurture and kind of share just to people who, who might might be willing to support it. And then eventually it kind of gained momentum and became the tsunami that was unstoppable. And everyone was excited to ride the wave and help support it. And so uh, I, I definitely remember that that transition from 
this is such a long shot. Why would I spend time like trying to build something that is so unlikely to happen to, I remember the moment when I thought, you know what, if I just push hard enough, this is going to happen at this point. If I commit, if I put my career and reputation on the line and say, yes, I want to do this, it's going to happen. I remember that moment. And uh, yeah, it's pretty powerful to to reflect back, um, see all the amazing things that have come out of it, all the support and excitement we've generated, all the wonderful people that have contributed to it. It's pretty emotional. And uh, I love this feeling of entrepreneurship that that we've kind of cultivated and, and built because yeah, we, we took something that did not exist and spoke it into existence and built it. And that that is so powerful. I mean, it's insane. to me. You know, nobody had ever done it before. And it seems so radical back then. Today, it seems like a very slightly less radical idea for a lot of colleges. I think going further into the, you know, the 2020s, we'll get a lot more esports programs being started up. But I mean, what was school support and, and student support like in those early, early days when people first said, like, oh, this is the you know, school's esports club. Like what's What's what, what are we talking about here? Are they just going to play video games all day or is this like an actual competitive thing, right? Yeah, I would say most most people we spoke with were very supportive. I think a lot of people saw how big and important video games are to the world. You may have critiques. There's a lot of very fair critiques of East, uh, not esports, but uh, but video games, right? There's some really weird content out there, awful content. There's there's problematic stuff. There's problematic elements to online spaces, to esports, to uh, all things. And so, um, but, but I would say overall, like I said, I think UCI has this kind of chip on its shoulder. It wants to be a a preeminent public university. It wants to compete in the hearts and minds, uh, with people who would consider going to Berkeley or UCLA or Michigan. And so when you have kind of, uh, forward thinking leaders that are willing to kind of do new things, to blaze new trails, to take calculated risks, that was kind of the overarching, feeling I got was that if we had a good plan, people would let us try this out and see what happens. And I'd say it's kind of felt like a five-year pilot. And like I said, based on my conversation this morning, it feels like there's finally acceptance and interest in supporting it and moving it forward. Um, And so, yeah, it it, it was uh, mostly supported. Um, There's a lot of faculty who teach in and around game-related topics from game design to anthropology to business to law. And so all those people kind of got it and were supportive of it, seeing this happen. But there's also, as I mentioned, uh, critics out there who who see some of the challenges and problems in video games and online spaces and in young youth culture and, and view this as a scourge of society, a waste <laughs> of time, something that a prestigious university should have no business in. Uh, and some of those people still exist and they still have those kind of attitudes. but. I think that's fine. That's healthy. And we talk about it. And at the end of the day, uh, most people are supportive and, and something the university is behind. Hey, man, at some point in the past, somebody said books are evil because they keep our kids indoors and they're going to get lazy from reading and they're going to just say book smart instead of being street smart. Is that the same conversations popping around video games? So I think you guys are really on the right path here. And I, I really applaud you for continuing this path forward. So I got one last question for you. If you could take yourself from five years in the past, bring him right in front of you today, what would be the most shocking thing you could say to your, your past self five years ago? What would I say to myself? I, I don't know. I, I think five years ago, I would say like coming to this moment, I would say you did it. Like, like I think there was so much skepticism, like just hope and wishing and just, praying it's going to work out. You don't necessarily see all the dots connecting, but you believe in it and you, you think it's possible. A lot of things have to go right. So I would just say 
keep going and keep pushing and it's going to work out. It's going to be okay because there's a lot of doubt, a lot of challenges, a lot of sleepless nights when you're like, what am I doing in my career? Like, what if this doesn't go well? But uh, it's been very well, well worth it. And uh, I tell people, you know, betting on yourself is one of the most rewarding things you can do um, to kind of say, you know what, uh, the success of this endeavor is going to be directly related to my my effort and talent and skills. And if I if I push hard enough and I'm, if I'm smart enough and I if I find the right people to surround myself with, it's going to make make it, it's going to work. And so uh, that's what I would tell myself is that you can do it. Uh, keep it up and keep going. Awesome. Mark, I just want to say it's a privilege to have you on the show to talk about the program. And really, uh, as, as soon as I was announced as host of the show, I said one of the first people I want to get on is, is somebody from UCI. And I'm glad it was the director of esports, the guy who helped kick everything off for really the collegiate scene to come on the show. So again, thank you so much for, for coming on the show and talking about it. Thanks again for having me and uh, good luck with the rest of the show as you uh, take over as host. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Of course, follow UCI Esports on Twitter at UCI Esports and uh, Mark himself. You can follow him at UCI Kaboom, I believe. And you can really check all all the good things they're doing. And I mean, they got what partnerships with Pokimane for their scholarship stuff. They got a bunch of stuff going on there. Very interesting. Check them out and uh, really keep following them along and, and, and applaud them as they forge their way into the collegiate esports scene. So, Mark, thanks again for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Kevin. So he's Mark, Director of Esports over at UCI. I'm Kevin, host of the Esports Network Podcast, and this is the Esports College Quick Take. Woo!